Mark chapter 10, verse number 13. We've been studying through the book of Mark for some time now. And uh, this evening we're going to look at verse 13 of Mark chapter number 10. The Bible says, And they brought young children to him, that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. And when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased, and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. From these verses, I believe the Lord would have us preach this thought tonight, bringing our children to Jesus. Now, I'm going to confess to you, as I looked at these verses, I believe in preaching the whole counsel of God. I've been preaching verse by verse of the book of Mark, and I've done a lot of other books that way. And um, I was looking at verses 13 through 16 with the intent of preaching, really, verses 17 through 27 in more detail. And I believe these 13 through 16 helps to set up the next portion. So I was just going to read these, skim them, and go where I needed to go. And the Holy Ghost just woed me up and said, I want you to look at these verses very carefully. I want you to pray about them. I want you to research them and let me lead you and guide you. So evidently, these other verses, I'm to separate these into a separate message. And as I'm doing so, as we began chapter 10, we know there are great multitudes following Jesus. And the Pharisees are in that crowd. And uh, they... Uh, come up to the Lord and they start asking him these complex questions. They're trying to trick him, trying to discredit him, trying to trip him up. But how many of y'all know you just can't trip up Jesus? You you just can't hook him up wrong, amen. They ask questions about marriage and divorce and Jesus went on to teach the greatest discourse about marriage and divorce that's out there at all. And then all of a sudden we look at verse 13 right as he finishes they brought young children to him that he should touch them. Now, when God blesses a home with children, it's a great responsibility. You, you've got to uh, take those youngins and care for them, and you've got to diaper them and feed them and burp them. And I mean, it's 24-7, y'all. I mean, a baby is a lot of work for those of you that, that don't know. And, and then that baby, it gets up of age and you, you try to teach it to walk and you try to teach it to talk and the baby grows on and, and you need to worry about its education. You need to be concerned about its spiritual life. What if tonight I walked up here and I started to start it this way to say, hey, I know of a home uh, where there's a child that's being neglected physically, being abused, being uh, not uh, cared for, not clothed properly, not fed. If I told you that, that someone was being, a child was being not cared for, you would be up in arms, you, and I would be too. I'd be demanding that that child is taken care of. And back in 2002, not to be political, but our president at that time, George Bush, he implemented legislation known as the No Child Left Behind Act. It states that no child should miss out on a good education, regardless of its social or its cultural position. It should not prohibit it from a good education. It sets for standards and, and measurable goals about that child in education. But, 
But you know, a child is more than reading and writing and arithmetic. It, it is making sure that it's clothed. It is making sure that it's loved. It is making sure that it's being fed properly. And if you see one that's being uh, neglected, it gets us up in arms. But I also want to go a little further and say, I believe that no child should miss out on Jesus. If I came up in here and told you there's a home where a child's been neglected, you're up in arms. But if I walk in here and tell you there's a home where a family's neglecting to teach their child about Jesus, you'll say, well, oh well. That's their choice. Well, is it their, listen, it's their choice not to clothe them. It's their choice not to feed them. I mean, care for a child spiritually is a big deal. Preacher, you're, you're, now you're bringing social issues into the church. No, I'm preaching to you the word of God. Amen. I, I, amen? So we, we see here that a child, many children are being, being brought to Jesus. I want to say four things I'll be done. Number one, bringing the children. They're bringing them to Jesus. Verse 13 again, they brought young children to him that he should touch them. Now, it is Jewish tradition that you would bring children to a great rabbi that he might lay, hold, lay hands on them, a hold of them, that he might pray over their life, that they might have a, a walk with God Almighty. And oftentimes you, you would take them, it's very common to take them to the synagogue and get them around some great rabbi. May I just say that you're not going to find a greater rabbi, a greater teacher, a greater master, a greater Lord than Jesus Christ, amen? And I think it's very important. Now, uh, we do kind of the same thing today when a child is born and maybe a few weeks later they bring it to church and say, would you dedicate the baby? Does it save the baby? Just saying we're giving this baby back to the Lord. We're saying thank you God for blessing it. We're gonna dedicate the baby. We, we do those things. I took both of my children. I've got a picture. Uh, both of my children, Luke was just an infant. Shelby was a little older, of course, but I took them to see Jerry Harold Smith and I had the man of God holding Luke and Shelby standing right there beside him. I've, I've got all of these pictures. Preacher, why would you take your children to the man of God? He's not Jesus. He's not Jesus, but he's the greatest preacher I ever knew. And he was a connection that I had that pointed me in the right direction. And I wanted the man of God to pray over my children. Some of you think it's important to give them to Santa Claus, but I'd rather get them to the man of God. Yeah, how's that sound, amen? Uh, so they're bringing their children to the Lord. Now may I say this? It is a responsibility, starts with an R, it is a responsibility. These children did not come on their own. They're young children. Matthew says they're little children. If somebody doesn't bring them, they're not going to get there, amen. How many of y'all know that if kids are gonna come to Sunday school, parents need to bring them? Amen. amen. It's not the children's responsibility to be in the Sunday school classes. It's the parents' responsibility to get them to the Sunday school classes. It's not the children's responsibility to get to Jesus. They don't even know who he is. It's the parents' responsibility to teach them and train them and bring them to the Lord Jesus Christ, to introduce them to the Lord, to pray over them and teach them the word of God. Somebody's going to get tore up, amen. I'm just telling you, they knew about the compassion of the Lord and they took their time to bring their children to Jesus Christ. These children, uh, they're innocent, they're, they're easily influenced, they're impressionable, and they were brought to Jesus. And when they got there, they were interested in who he was. It is good to, be, to bring folks to Jesus Christ. The verb tense, for they brought, the verb tense for brought, is that they brought them continually. It was like there was a line had developed outside that place where he was to bring them and little children everywhere and they're on every hand, amen. So may, say, may I say this? 
Somebody, praise God, for some adult, some parent that took the time to bring their children to Jesus. I want to go on record and I want to say thank God for my mom and daddy. They brought me to church. They took me to church and they stayed with me. They made sure I was in Sunday school, in worship service, in Wednesday night service. Oftentimes, where I grew up, we had a Saturday night service every Saturday night going to the house of God to have a time of prayer and a time of devotion. And my mom and dad made sure I was in church three and four times a week. And may I say to you tonight, if you're going to bring your children to Jesus, a good place to do that is right here in the house of God. Amen. You can introduce your children to Jesus. You come too. Now, that's your responsibility. But now when they get there, uh, they have a request that he should touch them. These parents, these adults desired that they'd be around Jesus, but not just to be around him, that he would put his hands upon them, that he would hold them, that he would touch them and he would bless them. They're saying, Lord, we need your time. We need your teaching. We need your training. We need your touch. May I say tonight, I'm just one of his youngins and I need his teaching. I need his training. I need his touch, his hand upon my life. Oh, how I need the touch of God as I try to pastor and under-shepherd this church. Oh, how I need the touch of God to live my life daily, to be a husband and a daddy, and just to be a man in this world in which we now live. We need the touch and the help of Almighty God. And it is okay, praise God, to come to Jesus Christ. And I want to say this, the earlier the better. I was introduced, I was introduced to the house of God nine months before I was ever born. Amen. They have taken me to church before I was ever born. And I want to say this. It ought to be in the heart of every parent that they should get as much exposure for their children to Jesus as possible. So they're bringing their children to Jesus. Number two, I want us to see there's someone blocking the children from Jesus. Verse 14, or verse 15, verse 13, sorry. His disciples rebuked those that brought them. His disciples, as these children are being brought to Jesus, as he's touching them, holding them up in his arms, embracing them, his disciples start rebuking and reproving the people for doing so. Isn't it something that just as soon as somebody starts doing something for Jesus, somebody else is unhappy about it? You, you, you want to start a school? We don't like it. You want to have Sunday school? We don't like it. You want to put pressure on people to be in Wednesday night prayer meeting? We don't like it. I'm telling you, every time you try to do something to Jesus, there's always boo birds. But Lord have mercy, look who the boo birds are. They're his very own disciples. They said, leave Jesus alone. He's too busy. He's too busy for you to intrude upon what he's doing. They thought Jesus was too important to be bothered by these insignificant persons. They considered these children to be nuisances. That just crawls up under my skin when I know that there's adults that consider children to be a nuisance. You want to tear me down? Start talking that way and it upsets me every time. They thought that Jesus uh, was spending his time with those that were unimportant, that they did not matter. They thought that the, the children were interrupting Jesus. And so they went to block, 
They went to hinder. They went to obstruct. Oh, God help anybody here that wants to hinder a child from coming to Jesus. They resented the intrusion of these insignificant persons upon, hear this, their private time with Jesus. There's the problem. The disciples thought, we've got Jesus. We're going to live in a cul-de-sac with him. It's just us and Jesus. And anybody else that tries to stop us, we're against it. They don't want children to sing. They want to sing. They don't want children to take time to have any program or any money invested in children. Or, oh, I don't like these game times that y'all do. I'm against all that. Let me tell you something. I believe Jesus probably got out and played games with the little ones and had fun with them, amen. And they loved him. Praise the preacher, you can't prove that. Well, you can't disprove it, amen. I just want to say, as this line continues to form and gets bigger and bigger, uh, the matter the disciples got, they got so upset, putting up their resistance. And to Jesus, what a disappointment they are. When he saw this in verse 14, he was displeased. They were preventing the children from coming to Jesus. You know what we need to do at this church? We need to encourage families to bring their children to Jesus. We need to be inviting them all the time. But if you're not careful, you'll discourage them because you think it's all about you and let the grown-ups have their fun. These disciples have been with Jesus for two, maybe going on three years, and they do not have the heart of Christ because he has a heart for others and the disciples only have a heart for their self. So they're putting up opposition with these young families. And let me say this. You know what the hindrance really is? It's the disciples. Amen. It's not the children that's being the hindrance. It's the disciples. They have a problem with the kids taking up Jesus' time. And they thought it was better to send the kids away. I used to go preach every Saturday night at a little church down in Saluda. And I would preach to three and seven and six and five. And one night there were some visitors that came in and we were up to about 10 or 12 and they had a little baby and the little baby started crying and I don't know if it needed to go have a diaper change or whatever, but the mother started to get up and I hadn't got up to preach yet, but the pastor said, ma'am, your baby, please don't take it out. We've not heard a baby cry here in years. Please, you've got the pew all to yourself, ma'am. Take care of that baby right there. If it needs to cry, let it cry. It's music to my ears. And, and if this preacher gets up and he can't out preach a crying baby, he can't preach after all, amen. And I'm telling you, I had to preach through a crying baby. It was all right, amen, because thank God there was a baby there, a crying. Hey, church, a lot of times you'll get in the service and you'll have a, maybe a child in front of you and it distracts you a little bit and it ends up sitting there. Listen, I believe that a child ought to be obedient. I believe that a parent ought to make that child to be obedient. Amen. Amen? But at the same time, uh, you can't demand that little children here have to go be sitting here, 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 and here because it's invading your time. Last time I checked, we as children ate at the same table as our mom and daddy did. And it was all good, amen. Amen? Y'all okay? One time, we had flags up on the stage and had a little feller. He had run around and I talked, finally got so bad I had talked to his parents. I 
I said, listen, you can't let that little fella run around. I mean, they'd call his name, call his name 150 million times, but he'd never get well connected to him. Amen? And I told him, I told his daddy, I was sitting on the front row with me, I said, listen, that's got to stop. He's been a distraction. He cannot get up and walk while I'm preaching during the invitation. The Holy Ghost is doing a surgery right there. You, don't, you can't let that kid walk through the middle of the hospital with the surgeon working, amen? There's a reason the doors are locked. There's a reason there's no visitors allowed while they're doing this. And I'm telling you that you don't need to do this, allow this to happen while I'm preaching. He looked at me and says, it don't happen. I said, well, if it happens again, somebody needs to get their butt busted. He said, there ain't nobody, preacher, going to tell me what I'm going to do or not do to my kid. I said, I'm not talking about your kid. Amen. As a pair, and, and it was, listen, it wasn't 10 seconds that that little feller, when I said that, his daddy looked at me in shock because I, was, I, I, just, dropped, I just dropped a bomb right there. And he, that little kid walked right up here, went right up and got a hold of the flag and flipped it down and it fell all across the stage, up, uh, upset everything that was going on. I said, you see, that, I was perfect. I said, you see, let me tell you something. I love children, but I believe, amen, that you need to teach them and train them and bring them under discipline when it's necessary, amen. But you also got to understand some of, the, some of you mothers, you're hearing me watching right now, you're in service here, you're watching online. If you're a mother and you got a little baby and it starts crying, and let me tell you something, I'm not the preacher that's getting upset about you with that little baby crying. I'm going to out-preach that little baby crying. In fact, I don't really even pay attention, but mama, bring them to the house of God. I'd rather a child be here and cry. It's an honor to hear a kid crying because mom and daddy said we're going to teach it and train it to be in the house of God. This is not a church that's going to say, you get out of here with your young people. Are y'all okay? I'm just talking about these disciples were trying to block the children. I want to notice also that Jesus, under the same heading, Jesus is giving his time to these young people. And um, when someone's giving you their time, that's probably the most valuable thing they've got. Now, watch this. When Jesus is giving his time to little children, there are some self-righteous disciples that have a problem with it. I do not have a problem with this church spending resources and investing in the lives of young people to teach them and train them to be about Jesus. We was all excited about a soul being saved this last Sunday. We was all excited about souls, seven souls being saved the week before. We ought to be excited about 40 souls being saved so far through the school year. I'm just telling you, God's doing a work, y'all. He's doing a work, amen? So they're trying to block. Little children need to be taught about Jesus. They need to be taught about the books of the Bible. They need to talk about taught about Bible verses. I love the one-way program. They need to be taught about how to pray. They, they need to be taught the doctrines of Scripture and its precepts. You know what they need to be taught? They need to be taught about salvation. They need to be taught what Jesus says is right and what Jesus says is wrong. They need to learn that, amen. They need to be taught how to say thank you. They need to be taught how to say please. Amen. D.L. Moody, one of my favorite preachers. I love to read behind him. I was reading... He said he had preached in a meeting and he came back to his church and they said, did you have anybody saved? He said, we had two and a half conversions. They said, two and a half conversions? He said, that's right. 
He said, oh, you mean two adults and one child, two and a half. He said, no. He said, two children, one adult. The children have whole lives to live. The adult's life was halfway over. Amen? Amen. Sometimes you think you are superior to little children. They got a longer life expectancy than you do right now. Amen? So we need to put some value on those young people. Amen? I do not ever want to hinder a little child from learning or coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to bring them to Jesus. But the disciples had rather say, Jesus is too busy and block the children. Amen? Number three, I want you to see Jesus backing the children. Watch what he does in verse 14. He admonishes his disciples. When Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. What about that? Jesus saw those disciples preventing families from bringing their children to Jesus. And he's disappointed with his disciples and I believe he's indignant with them. I believe he's upset and he deals with them directly about this very thing. Look what he says to them. The Bible says, He said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. Jesus says, Do not stop Hinder or do not oppose these children from coming to me. You know what he's doing? He's advocating for the children. Somebody needs to stand up and back the children. Somebody needs to advocate them, amen. Start allowing these families to bring their children to me. You know what he's saying to his disciples? You boys get out of the way. I don't need you. I don't need your complaint. I don't need your murmuring. I don't need you being bent out of shape. I need you to be supporting. You're becoming an obstacle to the ministry. Hey, adults, I have a question for you. Is your attitude becoming an obstacle of the ministry? I've seen God move people right out of this church. Move them. Not even an obstacle to what God was getting ready to do. They were stood against it and had stood against it. And God just poof, put them right out. And you know what? Some of them not in church tonight. God doesn't need adults who are going to get in the way of young people. Amen. You need to give. Jesus says you need to give young people full and free access to me. Stop being a roadblock to the ministry. Well, preacher Darren, I tell you what, I, I, I just won't give anymore. <laughs> you think God really needs your money? That's what you think, right? <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something. You need his money. He gives it to you every day, man. You need what he gives you. And if you're going to be a roadblock or a hindrance to what he's going to do, he's going to stop your income. He's not going to bless your income, amen. And you know what? Last time I checked, he don't need a discount. He can do it without you. He can do it without me, amen. Hey, this little three by five right here doesn't control me, amen. I weigh 220 pounds and I'm supposed to control it, amen. Will you hear me for a second? Let me preach. Do not block what Jesus is trying to do, amen. So he's backing the children. Now watch this. Watch his announcement. I love this, his announcement. For of such is the kingdom of God. Help me preach. What, what a thought he just gave them. For of such is the kingdom of God. He's telling them, using these children as an illustration, how to enter into the kingdom of God. What he's saying is, those who are like these children, 
The only people that are going to enter the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, are people that are such as these little children. Preacher, I'm not following you. Let's talk about a child for a minute. I saw little Isla today. What a blessing she was. Man, I, I sat her out there and I went back there in my study and I was trying to work. The next thing I knew, I heard little hands coming down the hallway. She came back to where I was. Poppy wanted to sit in my lap while I studied. I thought, man, I, I need to take her back. I took her back to her grandma there and went back, sat back down. Next thing I knew, I heard little steps. Poppy. Let me tell you what I, the, the Lord said. I'm trying to show you something while you're talking about these little children. So if you really say, let the little children come to me, put her up on your knee, and you go ahead and study my word anyway. I'll talk to you while she sits there. She, she's not going to hinder anything that's going on right here, amen. Just me and her sitting there to study there, and she's playing with stuff, and she's picked up a pen. She's trying to write left-handed or right-handed. She's trying to figure it out. And the Lord just said, now look at her. Let's watch her. Learn something about your little granddaughter. She's humble. She wants to be with you. And she's willing to crawl. She's willing to walk. She's willing to fall a few times along the way because she wants to be with you. Do you want to be with me that bad? What stops you from getting to Jesus? What stops you from humbling yourself to get to Jesus? She's sitting on my lap there and then... She about fell. I was holding on to her as tight as I could, but she was leaning, you know, and I, I've got a good grip on her. She was trusting. Not only was she humble, but she was trusting. She was trusting her poppy to take care of her, that she wouldn't stick anything in her eye, that she wouldn't fall in the floor, that she would not, she was trust. You know what you need to do as a child of God? You need to, you need to humble yourself and you need to learn to trust him. You know what she was? She was dependent. She was dependent on me to give her milk or her, her, her G to give her milk, to change her diaper. If she got her clothes wet, amen, because she spilt water, to take that off and give her something that's dry. She was dependent. Uh, to, this, this, listen to me for a second. You want to enter the kingdom of heaven? You need to humble yourself as a little child. You need to become trusting and you need to get dependent. Your problem is your self-righteous pride that you got to do it on your own. It is absolutely killing you. You need to be willing to say, Lord, I'm leaving that pride in the dust and I'm going to learn to humble myself. I'm going to trust you. I'm looking to you for salvation. I can't work for it. I can't earn it. I, there's nothing I can do. It's not about me getting baptized. It's not about me tithing to church. It's not about me speaking in tongues. It's not about how faithful I become. Honey, it's about what Jesus has already done and you'd be willing to say, I'm trusting what he's done. Suffer the little children to come unto me, forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verse 15. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. Why is it we think we've got to be an adult to get in? Preacher, I'm going to have to act like an adult if I'm going to get in. An adult needs to become a child to get in. That's, you need to humble yourself. It's not about you or who you are that's going to get you in. Jesus, look at this. 
Jesus must personally be received into your life for you to be saved. There's no other way. You've got to say it's the grace of God. It, I cannot do it by myself. Only he can save me, amen. To become a child is to do just this. Lord, I can't do anything but just look to you. That's, that's all I can do. You, you know what? This is what I found out. When I got saved, I brought nothing and I got everything. Whew, it makes me want to run. <laughs> well, preacher Darren, you brought your sins. He took them, washed them, cast them as far as the east is from the west, never be brought up about me anymore, amen. I cannot even provide, listen to me, I cannot even provide for my own needs. Oh, preacher Darren, you can work only if he gives me the strength to. And even then, it's going to be short of what I need if he doesn't bless it. I am dependent upon the Lord. I am, the word fragile ought to be over me. I'm fragile. Amen. Handle with care. Look out. Amen. I'm under construction. But I need to learn to trust the Lord. I watched little Isla. We sat down to have lunch today. Miss Gina made us tacos. And you know what little Isla, what she came with, Miss Gina, she went out and she bought this and bought that. But little Isla, she came up. And she didn't have nothing to contribute to the dinner. Can you believe it? She didn't have any money. She didn't have any drinks. She, she didn't have, she, she couldn't warm up the tacos. She didn't bring any lettuce. She didn't bring any maters. I mean, she had nothing to bring. The t- In fact, she had no furnishings. She didn't have a little, she didn't have a little chair for her to sit in. She didn't bring anything. And that's the way you're supposed to be as well. When you come to Jesus, it's not what you bring. It's not what you do. It's not, it's not what I can furnish, what I can create, what I can produce, what I can... No! It is that you totally trust on His work. Amen. Honey, He is totally able to take care of you 110%. I promise you, amen. Glory to God. He's backing the children, amen. Last of all, and I'm done, blessing the children. Look with me in verse 16. And he took them up in his arms and he put his hands upon them and he blessed them. In fact, I want to read a parallel passage out of Luke. Is that okay? Luke 18, verse 16. Would you turn there? Luke 18, verse 16. I want you to see this right here. Now he is illustrating you and I coming to Jesus as a little child. Watch with me. Luke 18, 16. Now these parents have brought, these adults have brought these little children, these young children, these little ones, brought them to Jesus. The Bible says in Luke 18, 16, but Jesus called them unto him. What are you, what are you, what are you talking about here? He's calling his little ones. Hey, has he called you? Let me tell you, there's a time he called me, amen. He, he's called. He's, well, preacher Darren, he's talking about his disciples. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's his little ones. They don't even realize it. He's trying to tell them, before you do anything, he calls you, amen. Hey, been some of you, you just recently got saved. You didn't come in here to get saved. You weren't looking to be saved. You didn't even realize you were lost. But somebody spoke to you in the middle of a service and said, you are lost and I want to save you. I want to take your sins and forgive you and let you go to heaven. He called you <laughs> and you received what he said you received his promise you came humbly you trusted and you're depending on him and you still ain't understood it all yet I'll come here I want to tell you something 
I've been saved since 1978 and I still ain't got it all figured out. In fact, the longer I've been saved, I'm finding out the less. I thought I knew it all, but the less I know, the longer I've been saved. It just blows my mind. He's, son, he's better than I thought he was, amen. That's all I can just tell you. He's better than you think he is, amen. He can do more than you think he can do, amen. Lord, hallelujah. Now look, let's go back to our text. We're back to the book of Mark. He's called them. And when they hear his voice, when they, if I said, Isla, I did it today, Isla, she come right to where I was. She put her little arms up like this. You know what that means? She's not trying to lead the choir. It means, pick me up, daddy, or granddaddy, hold me. I want to be where you are. I want to be up there with you. I want to be up on your level. I want to feel your heart beating. I want to feel your lungs breathing. I want to feel you breathing on me. I just want to be around you, Dad. Jesus took them up in his arms and he laid his hands on them. He, he touched them personally. He received them. He embraced them. And the Bible says he blessed them one by one. These children who came with nothing received everything. My Bible still says train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Now here's the thing. What is training? What is it? Well, let's just go to church one Sunday out of the year. And there's my promise. Uh, 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 uh. We have a basketball team. If we practice one time a year, we're going to lose every single game. Training is your running you're shooting, you're lifting, you're trying to, with everything to get better and improve your condition. Training, continually, faithfully, training, training, training. Is what you're doing as a parent with your children considered training them to do right? Amen. I want to say this. Thank God for this church because the investment you've made in children and the sacrifices and the commitment and the dedication my little boy found out about Jesus, not just because I taught him, not just because I preached to him and tried to live it before him and his mama too, but because we brought him to a church and his sister, as little children, we brought them to a church that I believe that we had teachers that would teach them in Sunday school and teach them in the one-way program. We had people that would love on them. Let me tell you something. I saw women mothers of other children that would see his little nose runner or something and go down there and say, oh, Luke, honey, let me just... And you'd wipe some other kid's nose. Who would do that? Who would do that? But there are mothers here in this church that love my child as much as that love their very own. And I appreciate that so much. Brother Seth was leading music tonight. I grabbed the songbook. Number 240. Get it. Number 240. In the Redback Hymnal. This is the old Redback Church Hymnal. Number 240. When the roll is called up yonder. Says JMB, copyright 1921. And over to the right it says James M. Black. What that means is James M. Black wrote this song. And JMB, that's James M. Black, also put the score on it for the music itself. He wrote this song. I got to thinking about this song earlier today. 
James Black was in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And he was running late as usual. And he took a shortcut across a back street. And when he did, there was a little poor, unkempt girl, about 14 years old, by the name of Bessie, that had a broom in her hand. And she was sweeping. And it was a dirt floor. And he stopped and looked at her and said, Honey, you're sweeping a dirt floor. She said, I know it. I want to be outside. My daddy's drunk again. He says, honey, do y'all go to church? She said, my daddy won't let me go. If and he would, I don't have anything to wear. He said, my name is preacher James Black, and I'll be back to meet you tomorrow. He left, went back to his church and told him there's a little girl here that doesn't have anything fit to wear. And if y'all would buy her some dresses or donate some skirts or something for her to wear to church that'd be appropriate, I'm going to go and talk to her drunk daddy about bringing her to church. And they gave stuff that fit her just exactly. And he went in and knocked on that door and asked that little girl's daddy, can I take, would you let your daughter go to church? Can somebody take her to our church? He said, I don't care what you do with her. Just get her out of here. Just a nuisance. So some people made sure that that little Bessie got to church. She got in Sunday school. Sunday morning service, Sunday night service, Wednesday night service, little training union. Every Sunday morning at Sunday school, they would have a roll call. Caleb, here. Luke, here. Carrie, here. So on and so forth. And about six months, that little girl never missed until one Sunday. She wasn't there. Preacher let it go. The second Sunday, she wasn't there. And he thought her drunk daddy had stopped her, blocked her from going to church. And bless God, I'm going to see him and talk to him. And when he got there, her daddy wasn't drunk, but met him at the door and said, Bessie's really sick. We don't know what to do with her. She's been sick for going on two, a little over two weeks. And the preacher went and got his own doctor, made a house visit. She had advanced double pneumonia. And they was trying to care for her, prescribing medications. And within a few days, little 14-year-old Bessie passed away. And Brother James Black was back at the house thinking, I know Bessie got saved at our church. And I know Bessie loved our church. I want to sing a song, dedicate to her. But he looked and looked and looked and he couldn't find one. And so he wrote this song. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. On that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise and the glory of his resurrection share when his chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the skies and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Let us labor for the master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. He said, I did her little funeral. I went by that little Sunday school class that she was so faithful to go to. And I saw where she had been present, present, present. And all of a sudden, not there anymore. He said, one day, 
when she stands before God. And the world's gone. She'll be there. She'll never be absent again, amen. Because some people from the church took time to make sure a little girl by the name of Bessie got in the house of God. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, at the Temple Baptist Church, a preacher was late for service, Sunday school, and seen a little girl wandering around below the, I just liken it to right down here, just outside the door, just wandering around the parking lot. He said, honey, what are you doing? You need to be in the church. She said, they wouldn't let me in. He said, what's your name? She said, my name is Hattie Mae Watt. They wouldn't let me in. He picked her up. He walked her and said, what class are you going into? How old are you, honey? I don't think she was nine. He took her to that class and the room was bristling, filled with students. And he said, y'all don't have room for her? Well, no, we didn't. Well, could I come in? Oh, yes, pastor, come on in. Well, if you got room for me, you got room for my friend Hattie. And he set her down there and introduced Hattie, Hattie Mae Wyatt to everybody in that classroom. And man, they all loved her. She come upstairs to the worship service and little nine-year-old Hattie Mae got saved. She stayed there in that church again about three to six months. And finally, she turned up missing. Couldn't find her. Went back to the house. Daddy was a drunk. Mama had problems. The preacher said, honey, what's happened? And they said, she's really sick again, double pneumonia. And little Hattie White passed away. And the preacher went back to the house to pay his respects to the family. And he was asked to preach the funeral. They took her to her room. Said, here are her things. She had a little pocketbook strapped across a little mirror there. And it says, for the church. And the preacher said, what is that? And she said, I don't, mama said, I don't know. Took it down. And inside it, they counted 57 cents. And it said, to add on to the church. So other little kids can come like me. She was saving her money. Anytime somebody gave her anything, she put it in there so other little kids could come to church like her. The preacher said, can I borrow this? He went to the pulpit. He stood over that little hope chest. He stood up there and told them how there's in dire need of that church to expand, but they were landlocked and nowhere to go. But that little girl had a burden, and where God's going to give a burden like that, God's going to do something great. And a businessman was there and said, listen, I own the lot right next to y'all. It's for sale. He said, how much is it? He said, 57 cents to buy the whole thing. And he said, I really hate to give it to you. He said, no, no. It's just a formality, sir. I've given you that land. God has blessed me beyond measure. I'm giving you that land. And this lot and this lot and this lot, all yours. Maybe you've seen it. The Temple Baptist Church and Temple University and Temple Hospital is built on that property where little Hattie Mae Wyatt was burdened. I want to tell you something, y'all. All of that was paid for. People, it got in the paper. People started giving. God help. And something like that would have to happen to this church because God has something wonderful he wants to do in this church. Do you believe me? Are, are you feeling my heartbeat right here? I'm just telling you as your pastor, you ought to pick up on my heartbeat. God's got something he's wanting to do in lives of young people here. And God forbid that some tragedy has to happen 
to get our attention, to get us focused, to say, Lord, I love children the way you love children. I want to get behind it, God. You may look around and say, well, where are they at right now, preacher? Where are they at? Where are they at, preacher? He's better than you think he is. And if you'd pick up on a burden and you'd start texting and you'd start posting and you'd start calling and you'd start showing real interest in them, not just interested why they're not here and come and say, Preacher Darren, why are they not here? But if you'd show real interest in them and invite them personally, you'd, you'd find yourself a different, a different Sunday school teacher, a different leader in this church if you'd really get interested and know them by name you watch what will happen, amen. I'm done. I just want to say this. Bring the children to Jesus. He's better than you think he is. You stand to your feet tonight. Oh, God, tonight as I bow in your presence, sir, there can be no doubt that you've dealt with me this day. Stop me from going forward in the scriptures of where I wanted to go. Just focus me to preach on these verses tonight. Even the song service you lined up. God, I pray that God, you'd grow this church. God, I'm praying that you'd bless those that are here mightily with a burden to grow and a desire for Holy Ghost sent revival. And that God, you would send those that are discontented those that are indebted, those, Father, that are hungry, those, Father, that are lost. Lord, would you send them and help us, God, as a people, not to hinder them, not to rebuke them, but to love them. (laughs) And see your church grow for the glory of God. (laughs) Lord, I'm begging you, Would you help us, Lord? We don't know where to start. We don't know what to do. But Lord, we're going to look to you. Help us, God, to go forward. God, give us a burden. Get us past our laziness, our doldrums. And help us, God, to know that if we would just show a little effort, You'll do more than we think you can do. Help us, oh God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.